Welcome to an honest conversation on health, serving up discussion and perspective about what health really is. Your health, your responsibility. There's simply no way around it. It's time to own it. You have what it takes. All you need is the knowledge. That's where I come in. I'm your host, Julie Brown. I love this shit. With a nerd's eye view, I'll share the knowledge and help you bring it to life with conscious action, love, and laughter. You've got this. Hey everyone. Well, I gotta say, I have recorded this episode a few times. I have been extremely thoughtful about how to approach this topic that I want to cover today that some of you have asked I cover because it's contentious, because it's about our children, and because I want to be absolutely clear that I'm not here to persuade or to advocate for any decision. I think the most important message I want to share is that you have a decision. With the 5 to 11 vaccine being authorized for use in Canada and elsewhere, parents are now faced with a decision. In the 12 plus category, children could make that decision themselves. And while that has been a topic of a previous episode that was actually quite emotional and there was a lot of concern from parents around allowing children of that age to be making a decision without the understanding that they don't have any long-term knowledge of what this could look like. Regardless, children of that age, many of them made their own decisions. For the five to 11 category, it is squarely on parents. So now you're making a decision for another human that will have short, mid and long-term consequences. And one of the greatest challenges in this decision is that much of that are question marks. So you're accepting an unknown risk in order to what exactly? That's, that's the question to answer, right? Well, we know that this vaccine, it's indisputable that it's doing a good job of reducing severity. It's reducing pressure on the ICU with severe COVID. It also remains to be seen truly at what cost that is. So there's a win in it for sure, which makes it a very useful tool. This is a good time to disclose my bias because I've tried to do this so neutrally and the reality is I have a bias. So the only way to, to accommodate it is to disclose it. My bias is that in the circumstance we are in, we know with certainty that this virus does not have universal risk across the age groups and across the states of health. This is abundantly clear to everyone by now. There's an exponentially higher risk in our elderly and those with multiple comorbidities. So why take a universal approach to a problem that looks remarkably different? And you know, if this vaccine was sterilizing, i.e. it actually completely blocked transmission or even blocked it substantially for a period of time greater than the current reality, which is in the range of, you know, a couple months. Beyond that, it becomes variable. 
and it diminishes quickly to where there isn't even protection against severity, you know, somewhere in the range of four to eight months, depending on the shot and the state of your health. So what are we gaining? But the reality is 19 children under the age of 19 died of COVID or with COVID throughout the entire pandemic in Canada. 245 were in the ICU, 1,951 were hospitalized. For context, in the 2018-2019 influenza season, just over 1,350 were hospitalized, 271 in the ICU and 10 died. This was predominantly in the two to four year olds. So luckily, children are faring quite well in this pandemic. I, it's one of the things I'm grateful for often because the last, you know, it hasn't been easy. It's a tricky time. People are divided and angry and hostile and just throwing things at each other. Conversation has been lost. Inquiry seems to be a victim of this circumstance we're in. And, you know, looking at it in a way that is slightly askew from the next person and having that be okay. So I think I'm here really to say, have a look, look at the data, it's available. And if you need help getting pointed to primary sources of literature and how to look at that, reach out to me, send me an email, reach out on my website. I'd be glad to share those instructions with you. Because for me to spew all of that to you right now will just feel really overwhelming. And I'm not sure that's anything any of us need. So I'm just here to advocate for you making a conscious choice from clarity. First arrive in clarity and then be conscious of why you're choosing it. That's the best we can offer our children. I'm agnostic on the choice you make because it's your choice for you and your family. We are going to make different choices than our friends and that's okay. It's always been that way, but somehow in this COVID era, privacy has gone out the window. We disclose our medical choices to, well, everyone, it seems. And everyone feels like it's their right to know that. And it seems normal to them that we would just ask for that. Because, you know, of course, that's going to drive their decision as to whether or not they're going to stay in the same room with you or be your friend still or stay in the marriage or I mean the oars go on it's a time of profound division and it's a time of individual choice and you're going to have to choose where you want to be on that and how you want to feel down the road because you know when we have good outcomes we don't question our process we question our process when we have undesirable outcomes I see it regularly in my practice. And so, yes, I am the person that makes things more complicated. There is no doubt about that. But when we have a thorough process or a process we are at peace with, whatever that looks like for you, when we have outcomes that are undesirable, we trust that we made the best decision for ourselves and we make peace. But when we kind of reflect back and go, wow, I didn't even look at that. I just kind of did, you know, I don't know what everyone was doing or what, what was suggested to me or what was simplest or, you know, and insert any number of words. And trust me, I get the social pressures right now 
to participate in this vaccine. They're enormous. And then I get very confused because I look at all the science and I talk to scientists and researchers um, and academic physicians around the world. And the data tells a different story. So I find the two, like I'm straddling two um, realms that's a little bit uncomfortable. But there's truth in the whole spectrum. So I need to stay in dialogue with it all. And if we all did that to some degree, we would be able to meet and stay in unity. But honestly, if that's not to be, then fine, let's just, you know, the division will reach a point where it kind of explodes and there'll be a destructuring and a restructuring. And I'm kind of looking forward to the restructuring. So choose whatever works for you and allow the other people in your life to do the same. But please, we all need to stop shaming each other and bullying each other and behaving in ways that are deplorable. This vaccine is not sterilizing. It will not lead to herd immunity. So this hypothesis that if everyone just went and got it, we'd be over it. I get how romantic that seems. I mean, I want to be over it too. But that's not an approach that's effective. It's already been shown. Several other countries are ahead of us on this. That data is out there too. Check them out. Iceland, Gibraltar, Seychelles, Israel, UK. The list goes on. It's an important tool, the vaccines. I wholly support them. I support our hospital workers. I do everything I can from community health to make sure people know how to respond, to make sure they're educated, and to encourage them to be conscious and show up in this health crisis with personal health responsibility. It's truly the way we're going to see our health reach a level where we can continue to adapt to the changing ecosystem. The more pressure we put on the ecosystem, the more it reflects back change to us in the form of pathogens included. So we need to increase our health resilience. And this I find is most consistently driven from a place that's intrinsic. And my experience has been that when people understand their bodies, when people understand how it works and they know what to do to work with it, and they elect to make a ch conscious choice about their health behaviors, well, this is when we see health grow. I mean, it seems straightforward, but it, it means slowing down and being present and, and observing our choices and looking at why we make them, understanding what drives health in our bodies and working with it. This is my mission and the reason I'm doing this. Touching on uncomfortable topics and being willing to go into the corner and have a look and lift up the rocks. This has not been an easy time to be a little, you know, thought explorer. It's like felt a little bit vulnerable, but we all need to do that now. I think we've seen enough to know that we have to take personal responsibility for our health and build our resilience. And I, I actually in that place is when I feel the lightest and when I feel purposeful and when I feel excited and hopeful 
for you, for yours, and for us. Thanks so very much for joining me today. Together, we can light the way to better health for you and our planet. You can help make this happen by subscribing, sharing this with a friend, and reaching for the stars in a review. If you would like to join me in a conversation or have a request, please reach out. I'm all ears. Check out juliebrown.health for resources and tools to help you on your way. Stay curious and keep learning.